Hey everyone, welcome to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. and my passion is seeing you experience life transformation. Every week on this show, I will bring you inspirational stories of some of the most unstoppable people on the planet. I can't wait to share these stories with you and I hope that you'll share them with your friends. If you're looking to join the Unstoppable community and receive weekly lessons challenging you to live your best life, why don't you join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Okay, let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unstoppable. It's the Unstoppable podcast. Today's guest, today's guest, I just got a chance to, to talk to him and meet with him. I thought it'd be a, a great uh, match for us today. Mr. Paul Granger. Paul, welcome to Unstoppable, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have a conversation. Man, and and I, I had to have you on, especially when I, I, I saw that uh, you're working. The name of your company is WhereDidYouSeeGod.com. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And so we know that, that God is in everything. And, and it's no no surprise to my audience that, you know, they know I'm a believer. They know I'm a pastor. And uh, every mm-hmm. now and again, I get another uh, a believer on. And because we yeah. tend to see God in everything, man. Tell us how you started the company, man. Yeah, so, you know. The the name of it, it's uh, not just the website, but the podcast that I do, Where Did You See God, actually comes from an interaction I had back in 2006. And I was working for a, a ministry called Urban Promise. And we were serving in a neighborhood in Wilmington, Delaware. And a group of us had gotten together and the executive director was going through the normal day-to-day things. And then he stops and says, you know, and I want to ask everybody a question and I want everybody to answer. We're going to go around the table. Where did you see God today? Now, mind you, I'm sitting at a table full of ministry workers. I'm a ministry worker. I mean, this is like, I'm not even really getting paid much of anything. I'm an intern at this point and I'm serving 24 seven. I've been a Christian all my life. I've got no answer, no answer. (laughs) And I'm like feeling so convicted because if I believe that God is real, if I believe that God is present and active and working, then how in the world do I not have an answer to what should be the easiest question ever for me? And so that conviction planted a seed. Am I going to be someone who only looks for God when it's necessary in my mind, only looks for God when it's convenient, or am I going to be proactive? Because if I'm going to stake my life on this idea of being a Christ follower, but I don't show that in my thoughts, in my actions, then what am I actually doing? And so that that seed continued to grow as I worked with different ministries. Uh, I eventually <laughs> lost my job in an unexpected way, an unjust way. But it was actually a moment where God gave me an invitation to step more fully into what it looks like to actually trust him with my life. And that was 2018, August of 2018. And from that point, I've been serving full time, fully dependent on God for provision uh, in a number of different ways. But this this content creation. And more than that, it's about creating space, creating space for me, for guests, for those that are listening to process God, because let's be honest, God's a confusing thing to process. I mean, even for Christians, God is a confusing thing. But when we're looking at the world, when we're looking at all that's happening, it raises questions like, how can you say that God actually exists when there's war, when there's pandemics? How can you say that God is actually good when he allows people to hurt, even people that say they're following him? And so what I feel like I've been invited to do is to create these spaces online, in person, wherever, to process these hard questions that sometimes 
we don't make the space yeah, for. Yeah. Now, um, answering these questions and, and making a space for the, for these type questions, do you see that there is a, a definite uh, response and need? I mean, how has it been going, especially in this day and age when non-believers, I'm not even talking about believers, I'm talking about non-believers will jump on and say, man, listen, you need to explain this God thing to me because I don't see him anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I've had the last three seasons have been really interesting. So three seasons ago, I felt this nudge to have a series of conversations focused on questioning Mm -hmm. God, questioning Christianity, questioning the church. And my gut response was, I don't want to do that. I mean, that's going to put me as a host in a hard place. But I also have a willingness to be at the table. And so I followed that nudge. And that led to a series of conversations that we don't often hear in the church. We don't often make space for, hey, I don't know that God exists because I was a, I went to church as a kid and then this happened or this pastor did this or these questions were never answered. And so, and so what I found is that those spaces which my gut instinct was, man, these could be really rough conversations were actually really beautiful okay, conversations. Okay. Really you know, when you make space for authenticity, when it's two people come to the coming to the table, not for an interview, not for a problem solving thing, but just let me hear what's going on. Let me share what's going on. Let's process together, not try to fix, not try to solve. Let's just be two people in connection. Man, what can come from those spaces is really beautiful. And that led into the next season was a season focused on healing. That's another difficult concept because there's a lot of people who have prayed and not yeah. gotten healed. So what do we do with that? And I was going to do just one episode Mm -hmm. on healing. That's all I wanted to do. But the invitation I felt from God was to be willing to do more. It turned into 51 episodes. (laughs) Like almost matched what I had recorded in the three years prior. (laughs) And I'm talking again by being willing to step into that space authentically, humbly. I got to experience 51 amazing, beautiful conversations, asking hard questions, processing hard topics, trying to make sense of this God who doesn't fix all the things that we're praying that he would fix. And the current season I'm in is another one that I didn't want to do because I was exhausted after recording 51 episodes. And it's a series focused on sitting and suffering. I mean, and so many of us can relate to that idea of, I just feel like I'm sitting and suffering right now. But particularly for believers, what do you do if you've been trying to seek God and hardship hits and then God doesn't make yeah. it better? What, how do you sit in that space? How do you yeah. understand God? And once again, I've so far recorded 19 conversations and it's been beautiful to see each one mm-hmm. of these times. What we're talking about is when people are right. just real, when people are authentic, when people aren't coming in with an agenda and we're just present, something amazing can happen. And what we desire it to be is the, the answer. But really, there's something abundantly more that can yeah. come out of that. Because it's when real people connect in real ways, you find that there is something much deeper than just having yeah. the answers. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Let me ask you, man. Um, why do you, and I have some questions written down for you, some questions that that, that uh, might be good for, for our conversation here. Why, and, and I'm, you know, why, why do yeah. you believe Christians have a misaligned understanding of success. Why do you believe it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, because it it makes logical Mm -hmm. sense, right? I mean, when we think logically, 
success should mean that you're doing well in life. And so in order to do well in life, well, you've got to have your needs met. And so in order to have your needs met, you've got to make money. In order to make money, you've got to be uh, known. You've got to be profitable. You've got to be right. It all makes logical sense. And it makes cultural sense. This is what we have always seen around us is the people that are valued. The people that are celebrated are the big names, the big accomplishments, the churches, the good churches are the ones that are really big. If that church has 20 people, ah, it might be time to call it, right? So logically, it makes sense. Now, here's the problem. If we're talking about believers, we claim to believe a scripture that says the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. <laughs> the ways of God are foolishness to men. And so why in the world do we keep on falling back on this human logic to make our decisions for life? Why do we keep holding on to things that when we look at scripture says, the grass withers and the flowers yeah. fade, and so does yeah. all this other stuff that yeah. you're holding on to. And so I think that's our problem is in our in our heart, we desire to follow God. And our in our hearts, we are trying to be authentic, but in our minds, we're still holding on to well, how we understand epi- life. How our understanding epic of reality. battle between the flesh and the spirit. Um, even when you were talking mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. you know, the 51 episodes on healing, um, I've had to explain to people that um, God does heal and his version of healing may not mm-hmm. be your version of healing. Um, me transitioning, yeah. going home to be with God. Guess what? I'm healed. You know, so it's, it's yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's um, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, man, about uh, uh, having a, a misaligned uh, idea. An understanding of, yeah. of what biblical success really is, and and not the not the yeah. westernized Christianity version of success, and real biblical version of success, yeah. man. And and um, I, I believe that God does desire uh, His best for us, man. And I, I just love what you're doing. I, I love what you're doing, man, and really helping people walk in this and 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 really understand it. Um, what do you mean when you say? God doesn't care about the job, your job. I, I don't know what you mean. I'm trying to explain it to people. God doesn't care about your job. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, one of my jobs that I had was working for a ministry for about five years or so in a role predominantly focused on their yeah. internship program. Uh, we also had groups that would come in, but I'm talking like hundreds of young adults over the course of several years that I was directly interacting with. And one of the ways that I feel equipped to care for others is through the shepherding gift or put it in another way, being able to see people and understand in a unique way and walk alongside them for that long game journey, rather than like the teacher who's like, you wanna know the answer to this, I have the answer, here's the answer. The shepherd is like, I'm not here to give you answers, I'm here to help you make this journey. And so I'm walking with all these young adults and I tell you what, so many of them, I would say the majority of them were in this like existential crisis because they had to figure out what they had to do. Most of them were finishing up or had just finished college. And the pressure is, you got to know what you're going to do, what's your job going to be. But there were also believers that were coming in. And so they felt this pressure from God. Like, what does God want me to do? And if I don't figure out what it is, what's going to happen? Does that mean I'm a bad Christian? And I'm seeing them stress over this. And and here I am knowing, I had been in multiple jobs at that point. I know people who had followed a calling, but then God invited them to something else. And I realized we get so caught up in feeling like we've got to find the the specific answer to what job we're supposed to have. When the reality is, as believers, our calling is to love God and others. Our, our, 
our job is to be an ambassador of Christ. And that can take the form of whatever role we might be in, including when I was unemployed. And so I think God does care on a level about what we do, but not in the same way we understand it. We think God has a specific thing we've got to do and figure out. And if we don't, we're bad Christians. Meanwhile, God's like, take that job or that job. I don't care. Are you loving me and loving others in the midst of that? Are you seeking me in the midst of that? Because that's my invitation. Are you being an ambassador of Christ? Because that's your role. And you can do that role wherever you are. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Hey, listen, um, you, you share people's stories. And, you know, the older you get, you realize that when you were younger, you really didn't have a story. The story was still being written. The story was still being told. Why should we share our stories? What if it's not finished? What if it's not good? What if I'm, 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 I'm 14, 15? I haven't lived long enough to tell a story that anybody's going to listen mm-hmm. to. Why should we share our stories? Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I used to wrestle when it was time to share your testimony because I didn't feel like I right. had one. I mean, because the testimony <laughs> is supposed to be that entertaining, like hidden thing. Like I was yeah. here and then God did yeah. this and brought me yeah. here. And I'm like, I just always went to church. And and I wrestled with that a long time because that's actually what we often think a story is supposed to be. Like you noted, we won't tell our stories because we don't think it's right. finished yet. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as long as we're still alive, our story is still being yes, written. Is. As long as we're still developing our understanding of what's happening in yes. the story, it's still deepening. We could have a favorite book and you read it the first time and you think you get it, but you could end up reading it multiple times and discover new things, right? And so one thing I really encourage people to do is to recognize that the value of a story doesn't come in it being this explosions, uh, Michael Bay kind of a thing. It's not in that it's a completed thing with a bow on top. It's that it's authentic, that it's authentically yours. And here's why. If we're holding out and only sharing the story when when we look good at the end and things are solved, that's great for the person that may be in a similar space. But what about the person who's still in the pit? What about the person who's seeing that and saying, that is so far beyond me. That is so far out of my reach. That story is not going to speak to them and inspire them in the same way that somebody who's like, you know what, the, I'm, I'm going through a similar struggle than as, as you are. And here are the ways that God has worked. And I'm still working through It's like somebody sees that and they're like, wow, wait, this person like isn't that far gone from where I am. And yet they yeah. have hope or this person, their problem wasn't fixed. And yet somehow they still think God is God and God is good. And so when we share the stories in the midst, there are so many people that can actually be inspired, be encouraged, be convicted by that because it doesn't seem like this prepackaged deal. It's authentic, it's real, and it's yeah, accessible. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. All right, man. It's a million dollar question that you couldn't answer years ago, but I think Ooh. you can answer it right now. Where did you see God today? Oh <laughs> man, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny is I have these wristbands, I'm not wearing it right now, that I made to try to remind me that even though I have this website, even though I have this podcast, I still have to be intentional about seeking God. I still have to be intentional about asking that question because my default isn't to be actively thinking about that. But I think what I would say is uh, one of the ways that I saw God today is I've had to hold off on editing some of my episodes for this sitting and suffering series. And it's been backed up. It's been backed up because there's been so much going on in life. I'm the on-call parent at home. 
there's been pink eye among my kids. We got COVID a few weeks ago. I had a teaching, 15 hours of teaching last week, and I had to prep for that week. Like all these things that held it up. But I had this one conversation that I was just, I was like, I want this conversation to get out. And there's this um, uh, amazing story from this lady named Melinda, where in, in the past 18 years or so, she has been through health issue after health issue after health issue after health issue. And yet, and yet she has this joy within her, this peace within her, and this confidence in God's goodness. And, and so today, I finally got to click the button to upload it <laughs> and release that story in the world. But here's why I really, I really believe that God is in that. It's not just that I had a good conversation and got an episode out. She connected to my podcast in an incredibly random way. I was a guest on one years ago, and that got her to mind. But in that, she heard a story from someone named Darcy during the healing series, who also went through health issues. And that inspired her so much that she followed a nudge from God to send me a voice message sharing about how Darcy's story had encouraged her. And then she felt this nudge to share her own story. But the problem is one of the health issues makes it so that she can't talk for more than like five to 10 minutes at a time. It's kind of hard when you're trying to do a conversation that's recorded. She went for like over 40 minutes, 45 minutes or so without having to take the longest she had talked in like a year and a half. And so this episode is out, but I don't even care if I don't get a single listener because one, God did something amazing for her to be able to experience that, <laughs> being able to share her story for that length of time. But two, I know, I know that someone is going to hear it that's going to be encouraged by Melinda, whose voice might not have been heard otherwise. And I got to be a part of that process. And at the end of the day, people might not even remember me at all. They'll remember Melinda's name. And I'm okay with that because as the Apostle Paul puts it, it's who am I and who is Apollos? I plant the seed. Apollos waters it, but God that's makes right. it grow. I'm not the deal. It's about yeah. God. And so that's where I saw him today. I got to be a part of something beautiful that I think is a seed that will grow into something. Man, amazing. Paul, that's amazing, man. Listen, I don't want to keep you long, man. Where can where can uh, my audience find your podcast? Where where can you be found? Talk to us. Yeah. So like I said earlier, I want to create a space where people can feel safe and welcome to process these hard conversations, these hard topics. Um, and so if you go to www.wheredidyouseegod.com, there's a few ways to do that. You can hit the podcast there. I've got separate spaces where you can see the specific series, like the suffering series, the healing series, the questioning series, things I've written, videos I've made. But more than that, I, I want people to know that it's okay if you have hard questions, it's okay. If you've got some frustration with God, you can read Psalms and see that's you're right. not in bad yeah. company. Yeah. David had some hard feelings about God. And I want people to know that we can be real and authentic about that because it's in doing that, that we can discover what reality actually is. Not this idea we have in our mind, but what reality actually is and discover we can actually step forward into that even if we feel like we have absolutely no capacity. Because Ephesians 3.20 says this, to him who's able to do abundantly more, far exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine because of the power at work within us. Because of the power at work within us, whatever we could ask for, whatever we could imagine, our best case scenario is nothing compared to the abundantly more, nothing compared to our capacity. And so that's what I want people to know is no matter how bad things look, there is an abundantly more that's been promised. 
and we just have to step towards it a little step at a time. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Before I let you go, I ask a lot, a lot of my guests this question. I ask them all these questions. Matter of fact, if you listen to it, you probably know what's coming. If you could have a Uh-oh. billboard anywhere in the world, where would it be, and what would it say? <laughs> You know, uh, so one of the ways that I've been invited to serve um, for the last almost two decades is uh, I felt like God's invited me into neighborhoods that historically have had a lot of things set up against them. Um, A lot of barriers, a lot of things that have led to struggles. And so where I am now, there's high levels of uh, poverty, of unemployment, of addiction, of gun violence, and there can be a lot of hopelessness. And, And part of that hopelessness comes in the, the lies that people end up continuing to perpetuate. That's yeah. a bad neighborhood. That's a bad. And I think, I don't know exactly what the billboard would say, but I would want to put a billboard in clear view of a community that has been told that it's bad okay. and somehow communicate. Maybe it just says, God legitimately loves you and your neighbors, yeah. right? Not just God loves you. Cause that's the cliche, but like, God lo-. but like, how can I communicate? No, 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 no. God sees you. God made you. God legitimately loves you. You are not a bad neighborhood. You're not <laughs> a bad neighbor. You're not a bad person. You're made in the image of God, loved by God. You know, it's a billboard. Maybe I'll put all of that on there. I don't know, yeah. but I want people to know the truth about who they actually are, not what the world says about. I them. love it, man. I love it. I, I love what you're doing, man. I I, I love uh, what you're putting out there. Please continue to do it, and thank you for being thank on you. the Unstoppable Podcast. And um, you, you've been a wonderful guest, guys. Go check him out. Go find this man. Go 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 check out his website. Check out his podcast. Look for God and God working each and every day. And tell somebody where you've seen God today. My name is Pastor Ralph Graves. My name is Ralph Graves. You've been listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. God bless. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this Unstoppable Conversation. I want to make a special invitation to you to join the conversation. Every week, we record these conversations live on Fireside. It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to engage with and ask questions to your favorite podcast live. If you want to join us on Fireside and ask our guests the questions you have about their story, head to firesidechat.com backslash Ralph Graves Jr. and click request access. This is your chance to join the interview. Also, guys, I want to invite you to join the unstoppable community at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Every week I share challenging lessons and reflection questions so that you can see the transformation in your life that you know is coming. If you can take just 30 minutes of your week to reflect on these questions, I guarantee you'll be on your way to living the unstoppable life you were made for. Join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr.